This is a story from Ireland, and it's called The Storm. Now, there was an old man who went to the fishing. He lived in Galway, in Ireland, and he went to sea with his three sons. Now, usually they had other men on board the boat as well, but whatever happened to them, I have no idea, and neither did the old man. They never turned up. And they were standing down by the shore, and the evening was wearing on. They were going to the fishing, you see, at night. Now, some fish, like herring, for instance, they come up and feed at night time. So that's the time that you'll get them. And the old man had the net prepared and everything ready to go. But there was no sign of anyone else coming to help them. Now, as they stood on the beach watching, looking around, and the old man wondering what they should do, they saw a stranger approaching them along the sand, riding on a white horse. Now, the man, as he got nearer, was a stranger. And the old man said when he arrived there, he said, So, you're a stranger in these parts, are you? I am indeed a stranger, said the man. Ah, well, what brings you out tonight? I'm here, he said, to give you and your sons a piece of advice. Advice? Yeah. Are you going to sea tonight? We are. Are you going fishing? We are. Well, if I was you, I would take with you an axe, a hook, and a knife. Now, a hook is a sickle. That's what we call it in Orkney's well, a hook, for cutting the crop with. Take an axe, a hook, and a knife with you to see tonight. Well, the old man didn't know what he meant by that, and he turned to look at his sons, and when he turned around again, the man on the horse had disappeared. No sign of him. Well, what do you think all that was about, the old man said. I don't know, said one of the sons, but, you know, it wouldn't do any harm to do as he says. And so the son ran back to the house, and he took with him an axe, a hook, and a knife, and he put them in the boat. Well, as there was no one else there to help them, they pushed the boat down into the sea, and they began to row. And they rowed out a good distance, and they shot their nets. But then there was a sudden squall of wind blew up. And the old man said, Oh, I don't like the looks of this, boys. I think we'd better head back to land, and we don't have enough men to crew the boat properly, so I think we'd better set off now. I think you're right, father, said the sons. So they pulled in the nets, and they started to row back to the shore as fast and as hard as they could. But the storm gathered, and the sky blackened, and they couldn't see where they were going. It was so dark. And then the wind started to howl around them, and the rain lashed down on them, and the sea roared all around them. Well, as they were rowing back, a huge wave rose up as high as a hill, 
and it was getting nearer and nearer to the boat, and the old man said, It'll swamp the boat, we'll go to the bottom. And then the oldest son remembered. I think we should throw out the axe, he said. I think we should do as the man said. So he grabbed the axe, and just as the wave was coming up to the stern of the boat, he threw it with all his might right through the middle of the wave, and the wave split into two and went on either side of the boat and didn't sink them, didn't disturb them at all. Well, they carried on rowing as hard as they could. Now, a second huge wave rolled up from the sea, and it was as high as a hill, and it came towards the boat, and the old man cried out, Quick, throw out the hook! So the middle son grabbed the hook, and he threw it with all his might at the wave, and the wave split into two as well, and it went on either side of the boat, and the boat was saved. Now they were still rowing for all their might. The wind was howling, the rain lashing, and the sea around them was roaring and foaming and boiling like a cauldron. And then a huge wave, as high as a hill, maybe even higher than the other ones, rose up out of the sea, and it headed towards the boat. We're sure to be doomed this time, said the old man. There's no way that we can survive a wave like that. But cast out the knife, he said, and the youngest son grabbed the knife, and he threw it into the wave, and the wave split into two and passed on either side of the boat. But the tail end of that wave cast the boat up onto the strand, back onto the beach. They were safe. They leapt out the boat, and they pulled it up the beach as best as they could, but the waves were so rough that they struggled to try to get any control over that boat. But eventually they managed to pull it up clear of the water, and then they were able to tie it to the shore, and then they filled it with rocks as well to hold it in place. But as they were doing that, one of the sons shouted, Look, Dad, look! And there was an oar being washed ashore, and part of a broken boat as well. There's been drownings this night, said the old man, shaking his head gravely. And they turned around and they headed for home. Well, they got themselves dried and warmed by the fire, and they sat down to have some supper. By this time it was late at night, and then they heard a knock at the door. Who could be knocking at the door at this time, said the old man, and he rose up from his seat, and he went over to the door, and he said, Who's there? Let me in, said a voice. Well, he opened the door, and who should it be but the stranger, with his white horse standing outside? And the man, the stranger, said, Is your sons in bed yet? No, said the father, no, they're not. Then tell them to come out here. I need them. So he went in and told his sons. The sons went out, and the man said, Right, men, I need you to come with me. 
I have a task for you to perform. Climb up on the back of my horse, and we'll take you there. But there's no room for the three of us in the back of the horse, I said. The four of us with you. No, he said. You, there's plenty of room. You and your brothers climb up on the horse. I'll walk. I'll lead you. And the horse is strong enough to bear the three of you. So they set off. And the man led the horse. Now they walked on for a while. And then the young men started to feel uneasy. Because they were born and brought up in this place. They knew every rock every tussock. The land to them was as familiar as the back of your own hand, but they didn't recognize it. It was different. And they came to a large town. Well, there was no town in the area. They didn't recognize it. They didn't recognize anything. And as they were going in, they could hear the sounds of great merriment and laughter. And from a hall where a dance was going on, there was lots of men and women coming out it. And the men and women were all together. Some were holding hands and looking tenderly at each other. Others were arm in arm and laughing. Others had their arms wrapped around each other, and their mouths found each other's mouth as well. There was kissing and laughter and there was great merriment going on. Well, the man led the horse to the street. He said, pay no attention to them, he said. Our business is at that big house at the top of the street. So he led the horse up to the big house, and then he told the young men to get off. I have a task for you to perform in here. There's something that only you can do. But I must warn you, he said, Never speak a word when you're in that house. Never speak to anyone. Make out that you've never heard the words that they say to you, and you'll come back safe. Now he knocked at the door, and the door was opened by an old man who was a doorkeeper, and he invited the three young men in. And then he said to the eldest, Go upstairs there, to the room at the top of the stairs, and go in there. Someone is waiting for you. So the eldest son went up the stairs, and there was a door in front of him, so he opened it and he went in, and there was a parlour, and, oh, it was like nothing he'd ever seen before in his life. It was so beautifully decorated, beautiful furniture, beautiful carpets on the floor, it was the likes of luxury that this man had never even dreamed could exist. And in the corner of the room there lay on the bed the most beautiful woman that this young man had ever seen in his life. And right in the middle of her forehead was stuck an axe. And she spoke to him and said, Come over here and pull this axe out. This was the result of your handiwork tonight, she said. So the man went over and he pulled the axe out of her head, and then he turned around slowly, and he walked away, out through the door and down the stairs, and there he met the old doorkeeper with his brothers, 
<clears throat> now, said the doorkeeper to the middle son, it is your turn. Go up the stairs, there is someone waiting for you. So he went up the stairs, and he went through the door, and he saw himself in the beautiful parlour, and there on the bed in the corner lay a beautiful woman, a beauty that he'd never seen before in his life, and she had the hook stuck in her shoulder, and she said, Come over here and pull out this hook. This was the result of your handiwork tonight. So he went over and he pulled the hook out of her shoulder, and then turned around without speaking, and walked back towards the door and down the stairs to the doorkeeper and his brothers. And now, says the doorkeeper, to the youngest son, it's your turn to go up the stairs. Someone is waiting for you. And he went up the stairs, and he went into that beautiful room, and lying on the bed was the most gorgeous woman that he'd ever seen in his life. It seemed as though she was the queen of this whole land. And she had a knife stuck in her head just behind her left ear. Come here, she said, and draw out this knife. This was the result of your handiwork tonight. And, she says, you have my blessing, but the man who gave you the advice has my curse. So the young man went over and he pulled the knife out from the beautiful woman's head. And she said, It was me and my sisters tonight who were the waves, and we would have had you as husbands, and we wanted you as husbands. But my curse goes on the man with the white horse. He is waiting downstairs outside for you. But no vengeance will be wrought on him here, she said. But now he must go. And the young man turned around, and he walked out the door and down the stairs. And then with his two brothers they went outside, and there was the man with the white horse. And all the people were still going around, all the men and women, all linked arm in arm, arms around each other, holding hands and laughing and talking to each other. Climb on the horse, he said, and don't speak to anyone here. And so he led them down the street, and he led them all the way back to their home, although it took seven times longer to return than it did to go there. And when they arrived at their own house, the man said, Well, I would advise you never to go to sea again. You see, thirty-one men drowned tonight, and those were the men that you saw. It wasn't so much that they were drowned as taken away, and you would have been with them, if not for my advice to you. I saved you from joining your comrades there. But never go to sea again, because those women will be waiting and watching for you. 
and if you ever go to sea again, you will drown, and there is nothing that I can do this time to help you. And so he turned around and led his horse away without another word, and the men went in. And from that day forward, they never dared go back to sea again.